We're good. Okay. All right. Yeah. Good. Well, I want to say uh, thank you all for you know showing up and letting us do this and all that good stuff. Um, so welcome everyone to the third episode of the Kool Aid Society. As always, I am the Mustached Owl, and I'm joined by my lovely co-hosts Zim Zander, uh, Nathan, and Runa. How are you all doing today? I exist on this plane currently. It's going all right. I mean, that's definitely one. <laughs> I think that's pretty representative of my current existence, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... Zim is also a semi-physical being, I get it. Yeah. With uh, with the, the whole, like, clinical climate bullcrap going on, I can understand just existing. That's kind of how I feel, so... And Nevada do be liking to take his time, though. Uh... Dude, I've been saying that the last three days now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually, I mean, I, I'm super in love with uh, all the memes that are just like Nevada being like, oh, you know, I'll get there, girl, that sort of thing. And now I love that those memes are already dying and they're still not fucking done. Like, <laughs> we can barely hear Nathan. Oh, that's He's the cranked up on mine. It's the problem yeah, to have. Yeah, I hear that better, well. that better, Choco. Um, God, that's kind of weird because did I? Oh, I know why. It's because I'm a big dummy. And oh, I unmuted the wrong thing. So nobody heard that on Discord. But don't worry, it came through on the recording, and that's the important thing. No, <laughs> I heard it on recording Discord. this through. Anyways, so one big brain guilty. mover behind. Yeah, I'm super guilty. That's going to be great. Um, anyways, so yeah, welcome everyone to the third episode. Um, I, I'm super. Yeah, now, now it's normal again because I'm not a big dummy like, anymore, and I unmuted the correct thing. Power <clears throat> of the sun! Oh, there we go. Praise the sun! Uh, I'd like to welcome you all to our third episode. Um, so, of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, uh, Nathan, uh, Runa, and the immaterial Zim Sander there. Um, and then we've got my sister hanging out, just because she wants to be part of it. Um, so, uh, we'll be doing kind of a fun one today, um, and we're going to be going all over the country with this one. So, today, we're going to be going back to our historic... Yeah, I know, no tinfoil hat. But... That will be a follower goal. Uh, so if I get 75 followers, I will either A, force Nathan to make a tinfoil top hat, or B, I will send him one of my own design. One of the oh. two. So that'll be our, that'll be our 75. Uh, <laughs> hey, I, I used to crap LARP. You're good. I it'll, can make a tinfoil hat. Good. Yours sounds like it's some sort of saw trap. You're like, forced. I want you to put the hat on. I'm like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. What's it going <laughs> to do? It's a top hat. It'd probably be more of a Saint Row kind of goofy nonsense deal. There you go. Uh, <laughs> anyways, but we're going to be talking about the vampire panic in New England in the 19th century. Um, so before I really dive into this, I kind of want to just have you guys shotgun your ideas about what happened. Uh, Zim, I know you actually know a pretty decent amount about this. Um, so I kind of want you to sit back and I want to hear our boys give us their thoughts about uh, in the late 18th and early 19th century. Actually, no, it was actually pretty late for both of them. Basically, we had about a 100-year span where uh, cases of vampirism popped up all along the East Coast of America. Mm. Um, now, do do realize that this is after the Salem witch trial and the witch hunts of the uh, early colonial America. You know, that fun bullcrap. Um, but I want to hear what your guys' thoughts on this could be before I really dive into this. You're saying they were reputable sources is where this information... Uh, it came from. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. Um. But yes. So we have. Uh. We'll be talking about 
three or four major cases that really kind of uh, stuck out among, among all of this, but it was kind of something that was somewhat common, and we'll talk about why it was somewhat common. Um, but I want to hear your guys' theories. Uh, I want to hear the theories from the boys here and see see what their uh, the cogs in their their brain are turning up. I need to throw so. food in my cat's bowl real quick. Ah! He's attacking me. <laughs> well, oh, right yeah. Well, you do that, Runa. Let's hear your theory. I want to hear. I want to hear what your thoughts on this are. It really sounds like you're starting to set me up for a masquerade violation <laughs> of what you're doing. Nope, not at all. I mean, you're a liar. I, I'm pretty sure the prince would be fine with us talking about this since it happened 200 years ago. The vampire hunters might not be though. Mm, fuck them. They were never fun, anyways. <laughs> but yeah. All right. I guess I'll see you on the torture pavilion. Bring it. Um, so yeah. What 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 do you think could have caused all of this? So think back. It's around the seventeen late seventeen hundreds to late eighteen hundreds is when this was happening. Hmm. I'd probably say like eighteen nineties, sort of a big year, <clears throat> big ten yeah. years. That was actually oh, why? Thank you for that. That was delicious. Um, eighteen eighty three is the last case we're going to talk about, and the last hmm. major case that happened in this area. I so, yeah. I realized that delicious was for me as I was coming back, wasn't it? <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I didn't need my microphone anyway. Crisp. So you got any thoughts there, Rune? Um. Perhaps Honestly, like, I keep going back to just like possibly some sort of like cult fascination. Cult fascination. All right, so we've got one vote for cults. Uh, Nathan, what what do you, what are your thoughts on what could cause people to think vampires are rising from the grave? Well, with the little information that I've been giving, you were saying uh, this was post Salem witch trials, right? Correct. This like was, recent uh, recent history between the two. Yes, we're going to be, uh, the first case we're going to be talking about uh, was in the early 1790s, and the last case we're going to be talking about is uh, 1883 is when it started. Hmm. About 100 years apart, okay, well, a little over 100 years apart. Um, yeah. Well, it's like, it makes me think of, you know, like, the Salem Witch Trials were, while, like, rude and superstition or whatnot, it seemed to be, you know, just used to persecute women who were stepping out of line with the church and whatnot, so I'm wondering if, like, this whole vampirism thing was a way like, oh, men can be vampires as well as the women's. Let's get both of them by the cross, that sort of thing. So I'm wondering if it's some sort of uh, religion-based uh, way to prosecute uh, basically anyone instead of just ladies. Oddly enough, there is actually, we're going to mostly be talking about um, women, uh, but there is actually one male who who pops up and is a uh, prominent figure in all of this. And actually, that's going to be the first case we're talking about. So hmm. we've got we've got one vote for uh, religious prosecution and one vote for cult theories. Um, once again, Zim, I know you and I were talking about this. So you've got kind of a, a step up. So we're going to keep you in the back there. Um, but anyways, sounds fun. so today. Oh, sorry. What was that, Zim? Oh, sounds fun. It's all yep. good. Okay. I could so do today, without that. <laughs> <laughs> just adding a little little flavored just getting a little today bit of a taste take... our sponsor oh today <laughs> our sponsor today is rc cola because nobody else wants it rc josta <laughs> the quality of sodas you mean the sponsor isn't the brand of glove that you're wearing on your head it's, it's glove on head <laughs> yep. pants on head anyways uh so we're going to take a trip back to griswold connecticut in 1990 
and talk about how this was discovered. Um, also, for anyone who's interested, uh, I'm currently using the... I'm going to start listing our sources so that people can kind of follow along and see where I got all my information from. Um, so I'm going to be using three articles today. Uh, two of them are from the New England Times, uh, and one of them is actually from the Smithsonian. So all you got to do is search New England Vampire uh, Panic, and you'll be able to find them super easy. Uh, anyways, so Griswold, Connecticut... Uh, in the 1990s, a body was actually found near a hillside gravel mine that prompted police to investigate it as a murder due to the work of a local serial killer named Michael Ross. However, due to the fact that the bones turned out to be over a century old, uh, the state called in an archaeologist instead by the name of Nick Bellatoni, who soon determined the hillside had contained a colonial-era farm cemetery. What was interesting about this, though, was that, that there were 29 bur burials in the cemetery, um, but two of them were in stone crypts. The rest of them were in Yankee-style wooden boxes. Um, and so burial number four is the one that we're <laughs> talking about. Uh, what they found was that the, uh, the stone coffin had been painted red uh, and that the skeleton inside had been completely rearranged. Uh, the head was taken off and rested atop the ribs with the thigh bones resting it, kind of think like a Jolly Roger flag, um, but think that on top of the rib cage. Um, the other interesting things that, uh, oh, the ribs had also been smashed in. That's going to come in. Uh, okay, rude. Yeah. My, so, uh, um, my association with the phrase Jolly Roger is just immediately switched around for Jolly Rancher. So that does create imagery I wasn't ready for. <laughs> Delicious candy bones. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> Could you imagine if uh, skeletons, if, if our skeletons, you know, the, the things inside of us were made out of candy? Oh, Oh no! <laughs> uh, another one ate itself. What are we gonna do? How can we live this life? <laughs> How can we stop being so delicious? Damn us! Um, Our delicious but the bones. Other thing, <laughs> the other thing about this corpse is that those injuries uh, happened roughly five years after the body or the person had died. Uh, so the question is, why was the corpse desecrated like this and buried in a stone crypt? And if your thought was vampires, you would be correct. I'm not even joking. So, before we get into the real reason of why people thought this, I do want to talk about some quick cases and instances besides this one, because New England is actually has a very long history with vampirism, uh, running rampant starting in the 1790s. Hmm. Uh, they're, they're, they literally call themselves the vampire capital of America, which is weird, because in my mind, I'd immediately associate with that with, like, New Orleans. That's what I was thinking, yeah. Was, like, yeah. You can't step foot in New Orleans without being asked if you want shrimp and to take a vampire tour, so... Yeah, so it's like, it's, I'm wondering if it's more like New Orleans is like the New Age vampires. Is mm -hmm. it not, not New Age, because that's shitty Twilight Forks, Washington. Like The Anne the, Rice vampires? Yes, <laughs> and then you have like the colonial era vampires mm -hmm. up in Maine, and then you've got like teeny bopper Twilight fans in uh, Washington. Washington. Um, there's the Echo again. Okay, give me one second. We're gonna. You're an Echo. Boop and boop. Right, let's see if. Is that any better, uh, Choco? Um, ba -ba let's see. Um, so we're going to go. Uh, we're going to start with a couple really quick cases and just talk about them. And then we're going to go into one of the, the more uh, prominent cases that uh, is actually one of the more famous ones in, uh, in, uh, in New England. Um, so. Firstly, we're going to talk about Sarah Tillinghast, the first of Snuffy Tillinghast's fourteen children to die. I'm sorry. Can uh, you say the, Can you say their Can you say their name one more time for me? 
uh, the Surname? father was named as Snuffy. That, that was his nickname. Snuffy wow. Tillinghast. Hey, um, Snuffy, how's it going? Oh, you know, like, that's not... He lived in a puppet town full of puppet people because nobody's <laughs> named Snuffy. So all I these mean, bones I mean, were just he hands. Might be, he might be, like, you Snuffy, know, the janitor. like, six foot three, like, super, like, you know, buff and shit's like... Hey guys, Snuffy here. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he might have been ripped, but also still had the head of Kermit the Frog with vampire fangs, so. <laughs> he sounds like, that's, what a great name. If a puppet is a vampire, is the puppet the vampire, or is the hand inside the vampire? <laughs> Nathan just stares at his hand. <laughs> <laughs> so yes. What am I? Uh, this unfortunate farmer lost 14 of his children. This unfortunate farmer was named Snuffy. Yeah, that's his nickname. Fourteen of how many children? Um, it actually doesn't say how many children he died. He had only that fourteen of them died. Jesus. Uh, which, if you think about it, that's Snuffy. even a lot for like colonial standards. That that dude had a. That What's his a silly brew. last name again? Uh, Tillinghast, spelled T-I-L-L-I-N-G-H-A-S-T. Right. Um, so, by 1799, six of their children had died of consumption, and the seventh was gravely ill. Following traditions, the locals actually exhumed the dead's body of all except young Sarah, or sorry, and all except young Sarah was found to be in advanced stages of decomposition. Because Sarah, uh, her body, was not found to be uh, in the advanced stages of uh, decomposition, or really de decomposing at all, uh, and by the way, she was one of the first to die, uh, her body was removed and burned in front of the family. Uh, but burning her heart wasn't always the only cure to vampires. In another example, uh, after a rapid decline of heart uh, that took her to the grave, Nancy Young uh, was exhumed by order of her father, who was a captain in the military, and the remains were burnt. Or, sorry. Um, yeah, the remains were burnt, but the family this time was instead gathered in front of the corpse to inhale the smoke while burning. This was thought to cure... Uh, the 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 family members that were still sick, but spoiler alert, it didn't. As five more of the young children died. Y yeah, it turns out if you vape va vape family members, you're not as cool <laughs> as you think you are. You're just you're just gonna die. <laughs> I don't. But that's the thing is like you you know well you might think oh this is just something that happened before medicine was advanced enough to prove otherwise. Uh, we're actually going to talk about a case in 1883 where these things happened. And we still had, you know, advancing medicine and slightly less superstition. Um, so let me take you back once again, but this time we're going to go to Exeter, Rhode Island, where our story begins. There was a quaint farmer by the name of George Brown who had a terrible problem. First, he lost his wife, Mary Brown, when she succumbed to a mysterious illness. Next, his daughter, Mary Olive Brown, was taken. After that, he lost his other daughter, and his eldest son, Edwin, became gravely ill. Now, George was told by the doctors that consumption had been what was taking his family. However, the superstitious town folks had a different reason. In March of 1892, a group of men ex entered the local cemetery and began exhuming the bodies of the Brown family. When the men examined the bodies and the mother and daughter Mary, they uh, determined the bodies were properly decomposing. However, when they examined Mercy Brown, they found that something strange and unnerving. When the body was prodded, it seemed to be filled with flesh, fresh blood, and the corpse's nail and hair had grown extensively. The body was cut open, the heart was removed and burned, and the ashes were actually added to the medicine that Edwin, Edwin was given by the doctor. But once again, spoiler alert, Edwin died about two months later. So that's what we have. 
but you might ask why vampires? Well, consumption, or as it's better known as tuberculosis nowadays, is a bacterial infection of the lung. And while primarily known for causing people to cough up blood or mucus, TB symptoms also include fevers, chills, and night sweats. So think of it as a doctor in the time. You have a patient, they're coughing up blood, they're unresponsive to treatment. And back then, uh, that sickness spread even after the victim had died due to, uh, you know, to, uh, excuse me, uh, the symptoms didn't show very often because it was a bacterial infection. It took time to infect the lungs and sometimes the bones and uh, produce these symptoms. So J- just members- long enough for you to like gain a character arc with that you become explicitly attached to that character before he does a yeehaw cowboy and dies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. Right about right about two weeks worth of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the patients were often described as being consumed or having their insides consumed. Uh, so stu- superstition really took hold of people and started to f- and people started to freak out. And so as the grave started to be cracked open, we also start to see an interesting pa- pattern of people remarking that bodies seemed plump, fresh, uh, nails and hair had grown, and etc. Um, so here's a quick question for you three. Uh, when you die, do your hair and nails continue to grow? Isn't it like dehydration can cause those things to like further stem out? I don't know that more dead cells and whatnot are created to generate more hair and like nails, but when dehydration pulls those things out? Mm-hmm. You're actually right. Yeah. So when we dehydrate, what happens is that the soft tissues start to shrink and retract. And our flavors just get so rich. Yep. When those candy bones start popping out. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. What happens is because the soft tissue on your hands and your eyes and your uh, scalp and everything, uh, they retract because you're dehydrated. Um, it appears that they're growing, but really it's actually just they are sticking out a little bit more. Just so, yeah, Nathan, you are actually 100% correct on that. Um, and then as bodies go, does anyone have a theory on why they might seem fresh and plump full of blood? uh after what point <clears throat> just uh, like just when they were exhumed mm, well i'm sure guessing they them. just didn't have enough time to like you know essentially have the blood in their body dehydrate right um a little bit you're you're on the right track nathan and runa you guys got ideas runa i'm honestly not certain mm, maybe when the candy bones have finally started to dissolve and the sweet <laughs> sugars get in the blood veins. I got nothing. Something to do with the... No, because bloating has to do with, like, um, what is it? The yeah, bacteria. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bacteria inside of you making more gas. So I'm, I'm not sure You're what would make... Right. It is. Oh, is it, it related to... Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when your body, body bloats up... Does it increase you, blood you pressure? Get, that uh, okay, well, sorry. It increases pressure in your body because yeah. the, the air starts to expand out and the body starts to swell and everything. So if you poke a bloated corpse, it kind of feels as though it's fresh, Ugh. but it, it's really not. I did a lot of research on this, by the way, and let me tell you, there are some weird people on the internet. <laughs> I mean, here I am doing research on this. I'm one of the weird people on the internet. But yeah, no. So uh, people were talking about um, on, on some of the... the I, I aside from those articles I spoke of, I also did research on just people's opinions on what what was causing all of this. Um, and some people were saying that, like, uh, you know, um, we're we're gonna take a derail here. Here, uh, for example, like when people are studying forensics, what they'll do is they'll actually have corpses of pigs, and they'll study different stages of decomposition 
to kind of help them learn like different forensic studies uh techniques and uh a lot of them were like you know when when corpses would would bloat due to the bacteria creating gases and you you breaking down on the inside you basically just become like a water balloon um and until rot reaches your skin and you really start to decompose and ooze out sorry for anyone who this grosses out you are plump and swollen and it could easily to the untrained eye i.e people who don't understand this because they're in the 1700s stop eating your microphone that's weird and suggestive like like <laughs> like did you say what did, what did you say the word gushy like a, like a gushers what what yeah what are these candy I mean, people made of ooze mm, oozy uh, <laughs> a burst a burst of flavor in every bite human corpses i mean can someone get this man a jolly rancher he's <laughs> <laughs> stuck on the candy track right now he, he's projecting again <laughs> <laughs> at least it's not about sexy sexy yetis oh i'm oh sure God. given enough time i'm sure you'll figure out a way to segue to it we always circle yetis. back to the yetis at some point <laughs> um but yeah so uh if you think about it um depending on um not only like if you think of the the materials used for the coffin if they're more uh environment resistance uh bacteria is going to have a lot more time to uh work on the body unabated from outside res uh not resources outside sources so you know you're going to have less bugs you're going to have less uh moisture from rain stuff like that so it's just going to be the natural bacteria you could open it and have a much fresher corpse than let's say your mom who died three months before you and uh you know maybe got slightly less treated wood and so the environment was able to get into the uh, coffin a lot quicker break you down a lot quicker and so you're your more quote-unquote natural stage of decompression or not decompression decomposition it happens faster whereas you know person a who they're like oh my god that's a vampire look at this corpse the nails grew the hair grew blah 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 blah. it's really just because that corpse was preserved better so that Damn it. <laughs> so weird that they would think like oh this incredibly powerful vampire monster thing look at him he's just sleeping little sleeping boy we're gonna give him a couple stamps like i don't like they're like oh it's completely defense it, it sleeps during the day i don't understand the the mental gymnastics and defense they'd have to do to justify that that is in fact a vampire and it's just gonna it's just gonna let him do a, a heart pull out so also then mm, they're gonna well, smoke it yeah or uh you know like uh uh light it up like incense and just breathe it in as a family breathe it um, in <laughs> as you put it that amount of mental gymnastics i would question whether the aliens were invertebrates or not aliens or vampires <laughs> uh, oh but that's that uh i want to decompress uh, decompose damn it that's the word i kept trying to say um but you have to also think about back to old old time vampire lore and this is actually where uh I'm gonna look this up because I cannot remember for the life of me. Uh, when was Bram Stoker's Dracula written? Uh, let's see, Bram Stoker's was written in 1897, so it was actually written a pretty a little bit after this. But if you if you take all the vampire lore that we have from that book, which really kind of started to bring vampire fantasy into mainstream and keep it at a soup, not just have it in superstition, you get things like uh, adverse effects to light. So like 
you know, they dig up the corpse in the daytime so they can see it. The corpse is quote unquote asleep. Obviously, they only sleep at night, not thinking, oh, it's a corpse. Uh, you have, and we'll we'll talk about this more in a little bit, but you have them dispatching the corpses uh, in certain ways to make sure that they don't um, come back and haunt the family. Um, and so, well, actually, you know, we'll, we'll move on to the next part because this is all this all tie in a little bit. Uh, uh, um, how am I supposed to smoke my kin if they don't haunt me a little bit, though? I mean. Basically, I mean, don't worry. You've got fourteen resources yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In some case, you have fourteen. You've got fourteen chances to do. Uh... Um, <laughs> but so the other thing too is that um, when t when tuberculosis would sweep through an area and cause deaths, uh, you see a lot of patterns of it happening in families. Um, and we know today that because it is a bacterial infection of the lungs, it's spread by coughing, which is the primary thing that it causes. So you have a lot of people, in some cases, an entire horde of children in a family, all close quarters. One of them gets it from an outside source or develop it, develops, develop it. Oh, my God. Develops it through bacteria that they ingest due to, I don't know, unclean, un, unpurified water. There's back then there's a slew of sources that you could get it. Anyways, they get the bacteria, it infects their lungs, sometimes their bones, they get sick, they've already been spreading it before it really takes them down, you now have an entire family that's sick, and so you get a chain reaction of the children would be dying, they keep dying, people wouldn't know why, superstition would take hold, lo and behold, you have a vampire in the family, that's the reason that's causing it. I know it is mental gymnastics, but once again, you have to think of the time. Of course, yeah. Um, all but, these sweet children with their candy bones and their smokable flesh, you know? Uh, Why yeah, wouldn't they be like vampires? Invertebrates. Uh, -uh. <laughs> uh, but, like, at the same time, too, you have to realize that at this time, um, there was a lot of black magic scare going through the area um, because we were in colonial America. We still have a very uh, large Catholic and Protestant influence on everything. So when they think of you know, corpses coming back from the dead or something haunting them, it's usually turned to black magic or the devil or some unholy force. Yeah, I really um, like the, the black magic series of Magic the Gathering cards was not uh, very widely <laughs> accepted by the church at the time. We're, dude, we're talking about, uh, what is it, Alistrad? Uh, the Vampires? What's that series? <laughs> I can't remember. I, I, it's been forever since I played Magic the Gathering. I'm sure Pikmin would be able to tell me or, or Heath. Heath would he that's all he plays is vampire decks so he'd be like oh man it's this one and correct my ass in an instant fantastic but here's where things kind of get interesting and it's actually where we get a lot of the current vampire they, lore. they got interesting when you said they smoke their family what are you talking about when they willy allison well, Al allison these motherfuckers <laughs> they became very interesting to me <laughs> so of course Gotta burn the hearts. Yeah, here's where it actually kind of ties in, and we kind of see where vampire lore comes from, though, is is how uh, townsfolk would treat the corpses. And you'll kind of see the connections once I start talking about it. So uh, the cure solution for uh, a vampire in the family was usually one of three things or a combination of them. Uh, there are quite a few cases where they would literally do all three things. There are some where they'd only do one, some where they'd do two, so on and so forth. Uh, so one, the body would have its heart ripped out and burnt. So that's where we see the caved-in chest. Um, they would typically exhume the body, uh, 
either cut open the chest or just break the ribs, depending on the stages of decomposition, take the heart out, and they would uh, burn it. And then that's also where we get it, like the ashes being added to um, the medicine, or the family would inhale the smoke, or so on and so forth. And here's the other the thing about it, though. It was only ever the heart that was burnt. The body was usually left intact. Kind of. Um, because that's going to bring us into part number two. The body would be decapitated, and the head would always be rested on the corpse itself. So, once again, think back to vampire lore that you know, stake through the heart, decapitation, those were the two ways to really take care of a vampire. Um, and so it, it's not that big of a leap of logic to say that this is where it actually came from. Uh, and then number three, the limbs of the body were removed, and it was usually the legs, never the arms, um and <laughs> i always think that one's funny um oh sudden echo again god damn it i need to figure out why that's happening and it's only like when we're doing a recording so click and click hopefully that's good um but the limbs the 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 thigh the legs were removed they would de uh detach the legs from the body and i always think that's funny because it's like ha oh, oh, the vampire can't get us because he ain't got no legs <laughs> i just i think back to the lieutenant dan thing god damn it um <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, who ain't got no legs. Um, yeah, stupid vampire. <laughs> those were the three common ones. You would have the heart uh, ripped out and burnt, the head would be decapitated, or the body uh, would be dismembered in some way, shape, or form. Hmm. Um, usually the legs or the head, if you want to count that. Um, and so in our first case that we're talking about, uh, he's known as JB because uh, in the coffin that they actually exhumed the corpse from, uh, there were brass tacks that spelled out JB in the lid of the coffin. Um, and he's actually currently the most well-preserved vampire victim um, in archaeological study, which is kind of cool. It's, it's, it's what started a lot of this uh, um, research into uh, where old-timey vampires actually came from. <laughs> I'm like those new age vampires. Yep. Not like those new age vampires. Um, but yeah, so that's where we get the old timey vampire lore of remove the heart or the head. Um, and maybe just superstition logic of, like I said, well, if it doesn't have legs, it can't get to us, right? Uh, but for the most part, that's it. Uh, we had... <laughs> so literally the vampire... Uh, what, what they deemed the vampire panic of New England was just... Um, Sorry, Choco was typing something. Uh, it probably just seems, or it, it's not probably. Um, you can trace the outbreaks of tuberculosis along the East Coast, and you can also easily trace the idea of vampires appearing in literally the same path. Um, but yeah, TB, uh, tuberculosis cases ravaged much, much of the East, East Coast in the 18th and 19th centuries, so folk turns, folks turned to superstition and fear, such as the uh, with the witch trials, and thought that killing vampires would stop tuberculosis from being spread. But as we found out through history, it did not. So the vampires won, the colonials lost, and uh, that's how we have vampire lore today. All right, vampires, what is our strategy to beat all these humans? I know, let's make our hearts incredibly smokable and full of tuberculosis. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. I'm sure this... <laughs> Won't work. It won't. They'll never fall for that. How could we? <laughs> Fuck, dude. Well, that's one thing that I actually couldn't really find the answer on too. Is like, 
if by burning the corpses and inhaling it, if they didn't somehow spread the tuberculosis more? I mean, my thought would be that the bacteria would die with it. Um, but like, There's an entire city in Red Dead that is basically that, where like they're bur burning bodies uh, that had TB, and there's just this purple miasma above this small like desert town. He was like yeah, two so... years away from penicillin. No, but that's right. that's the cool thing too. Is like we do see this kind of lore popping up in new age things such as red dead redemption 2 um but like one of the things that i actually really enjoyed about researching this whole whole topic was the fact that um you got to see where a lot of vampire history came from and there's no real sources saying like where these people um got the ideas of you know decapitating the body uh burning removing and burning the heart or anything like that um i guess we can really just chalk it up to superstition and people just being weird like nathan is right here um but we can see where the influence of this on modern day vampire lore comes from um and i mean shit uh let's see i think the mercy brown case only happened 14 years Let's see, 1897 and 1883. So yeah, so 14 years after uh, Mercy Brown case, which was one of the most famous in uh, the Rhode Island area happened, you know, we get Bram Stoker's Dracula and that just kind of fast tracks vampire fantasy and fiction. Um, and we see a lot of parallels between how they deal with Dracula in the book and what we see people doing to corpses uh, of tuberculosis victims. The phrase uh, increases the fantasy of vampires invokes uh, different images to me than just smoking vampire hearts. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that's one of the things that didn't survive in uh, in vampire lore, you know, like them breaking open uh, Dracula's coffin and being like, all right, guys, what are we going to do? We're going to smoke him! Time to smoke like, him! <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that didn't survive, but like we do see a lot of things, um, you know, the aversion to... Uh, uh, their heart being impaled by a stake or them being decapitated. Um, probably the other bit you're probably more... happy they didn't survive was the countermeasures. The, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, Chopping their legs off? No, giving the vampire a pig heart, stitching their head back on, and giving them a wheelchair. Oh. Oh. That was also in Red Dead 2. Oh. That was? Wait, hold up. This is upsetting. <laughs> I, I, I was kidding. Wait, roll back. Turn, turn back. <laughs> there was a room with a man-bear pig type thing and uh essentially you know all of these various animal body parts stitched together minus the um the wheelchair so pretty accurate actually well that's awful well yeah that's terrible <laughs> but uh man bear pig yeah you know there we have it we got the the origin of uh vampire fantasy where it comes out and then we've got uh how tuberculosis fucked up the entire east coast you know what i'm disappointed we didn't learn in why vampires are so goddamn sexy like i was waiting for you at one point to be like they take the pelvis bone just smash that motherfucker up like just uh, <laughs> that, that we can't can't have them making babies with yeah, our women no. but don't want vampire so, babies smoke the pelvis um 
Well, here's the thing, too, is like Bram Stoker's vampire, if you look at it um, and how it's portrayed, isn't actually good looking. Uh, Dracula and Nosferatu and the early vampires are hideous. They're very corpse like, which plays back into the whole idea of, you know, the, the corpse becoming dehydrated shrivels up. That's kind of what they portray in, in the the early movies and the early books of vampire lore. It's not really until like I'd say modern day cinema, like the 1980s, when we start getting like Blade and the the early Dracula movies, uh, that we start getting them portrayed as attractive, alluring figures and not just these monsters. And hmm. then of course you get the early 2000s where they're sparkly, and you're just like, we've gone we, we've gone too far. Go back. I want the Malkavians instead. Give me back my different kind of sexy vampire. But, I mean, that's just the evolution of uh, lore and and fantasy and media, really. It's almost, I'm almost glad to know that it wasn't in the, in the 1800s that they were like, yo, these corpses kind of sexy, though. You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's smoke them for different reasons. Like, I don't... Um, I think there was actually... No, kind of go off on a tangent a little bit. There was a uh, a serial killer back in the. Uh, he was a doctor and he exhumed his wife's corpse. Oh, um, and he would grave rob mm-hmm. to find parts to replace her to keep her fresh. Oh, um, and yeah, I mean, we could if you want, I can totally uh, actually, you know what? Here, like. Our listeners out there, uh, if you wanna, if you wanna hear, uh, instead of a, another uh, weird history one next week, <clears throat> if you wanna hear about serial serial killers or stuff like that, drop us a link. Like you know, you can find me on Twitch, you can find me on Twitter, uh, and you can find me on YouTube. Just contact me and be like, hey, smoke that motherfucking follow button. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I don't do that I mean, one. That maybe that just might be a normal be a person hard and for click some it. people, but yeah, like reach out to us. Like we want to hear from you guys. Uh, you know, um, see what like give us topics to talk about, and we'll talk about them. We've got some that we want to talk about for the next couple of weeks, but we're always open and always want to uh, want to hear what your guys' thoughts are. So, I think that about wraps it up. Unless you guys have any other questions, I can answer. And. <laughs> I- I- Nope, I'm just I'm just stuck on the wildest part of this for me, which was, yeah, your family might have vampirism. It's time to smoke your dead relatives. Like, I get I get it. They vaped in the 1800s, but that's wild. It's still wild I, for me. I think the phrasing of smoking their hearts was not necessarily not necessarily accurate. <laughs> right. Um, simply because it was just like, oh, okay, so we somehow tear the heart out of said family member's chest. No big deal or anything. And then uh, toss it in a fire and uh, hope they fucking die. Yeah. yeah. And then they're, they're like actually... present to like inhale the smoke of that. Not that they were actually like rolling up a fat heart and <laughs> ripping on it. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, no, it was not even that like was sort of my mental image, but I had like a mental image of like, you know, people sort of having a smoker for like ribs or something. It's like, all right, all right. The temperature is that, uh, you know, a solid like 400 oh, That's degrees. a good hickory heart like, right there. Yeah. <laughs> like we, we got some hickory, we got some maple. This is gonna taste motherfucking delicious. Now, now I'm on. Have the one motherfucker that would show up with their wooden pipe and just like, you mean I brought this for nothing? I got the. Right? I, I brought my church bong for nothing. Like, <laughs> uh, but I mean, like that that 
that was really the uh, of all the cases I read, it did come down to those three things. Either A, the heart would just be burnt, and that was the cure. Getting rid of the vampire was the cure. Uh, B, they would stand around the fire and inhale the smoke, or B, uh, C, B, there's two Bs, or C, uh, the ashes were added to medication. Uh, those were the, the three uh, cures to the family that was still inflicted with the vampirism. Um, and spoiler alert for all of you who might be wondering, it never fucking worked. Yeah, it's like having <laughs> like tuberculosis people... and just being like, ooh, heart juice smoke. Mm. <laughs> what about super yeah. tuberculosis? Throw some hickory yeah, probably, in here! Yeah. Like, just not... Probably worked just as well as having a drill in your head. Yeah, but the, the idea behind it was to more of break the curse of the vampire or or deter any more from coming in, not cure what was actually causing them because they thought it was a curse and that that ties back into the black magic aspect of it was that you know this demon of satan was rising from the grave and and uh terrorizing the family and so you would you'd kill the demon you'd break the curse and boom satan wouldn't have a hold on you anymore be gone satan i've spoke to the heart jesus and these vapors are in me but yep, there we have it. There's the the vampire panic of New England. It a lot less due to vampires, a lot more due to uh, tuberculosis and really weird solutions to good them. Old, good old colonial ignorantism. Hmm. Yeah. Ignorance. I mean, that's the word. That's no. That's I like ignorism. Ignorism. Yeah. <laughs> ignorism. That'll be that'll be the word of today. A lot of ignorism um, around so. that town. <laughs> Thank you all for stopping by. As always, I am the Mustached Owl. You can find me on Twitter at TMO underscore... No, sorry. I always get that backwards. You can find me at gaming underscore TMO on Twitter, uh, twitch.tv slash the Mustached Owl, or on YouTube at the Mustached Owl. Nathan, where can they find you? Uh, they already know it's on that Twitch TV. They already hit that follow button. You know what I'm saying? I hate <laughs> everything I just did. <laughs> Don't worry. We all hate you for it. It's good. Well. Great. <laughs> Nothing has changed. Ruta ends him in their lovable uh semi-existence oh. on discord yeah um which i don't know if we were planning on opening up the inedibles discord to the public or if we're going to create a public one mm. that'll be in the future mm -hmm. we'll have news on that if we decide that um but anyways thank you all for coming um we're going to take a quick pause because we've got about an hour and a half before the pathfinder starts and so maybe we'll play some apex Ooh, sounds good to me all right, so we'll uh, be streaming a little bit of Apex until our uh, other three, other four are ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be the I fine folks. I think we'll be doing yeah, Session Zero so. stuff off stream, though, right? Yes. Okay. No, we're going to be doing it on stream. I asked Otto. He's okay with it. Oh, okay. It's going to be world building. I mean, we're, we're going to introduce our characters, introduce the world, and kind of go over World 20. And so uh, it'll be a good, a good learning experience for us and our viewers. Gotcha. Interesting. So... Once again, thank you, Zim and Runa, for stopping by. Nathan Vin and I are going to continue on streaming. Um, unless, Runa, you would like to join us for Apex on stream. I'd probably have to install it. I forgot to do that. For shame. Anyways, <laughs> there goes Zim. Well, so, yes, at least we'll be back. this is finally over. The natural light's killing me. I'm going back to my coffin. Oh, no. <laughs> all right. Once again, thank you all. And I hope you all have a great rest of the time. Uh, we will be back in a little while. <laughs> we have to smoke Runa now.
<laughs> I don't think that's a very good idea. Yeah. Right, so that's that's muted. I'm gonna move these over.